Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I get to welcome back my friend, Paul. Paul, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Dave. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, it's great to always chat with you, brother. I I really appreciate you. Can you uh, just catch us up on what's going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and uh, what ministry projects are you working on today? Yeah, sure. It's a really, really busy time um, in our lives, as is pretty normal, actually, for us, you know, having a large family and being involved in, in various aspects of ministry. But I guess some some highlights is, uh, include we are in the process of trying to buy a house. We've been living in the parsonage here since we moved here to Ohio in uh, 2015. So we are ready now to settle into our own place. And so um, that's a uh, an involved process, as you probably know. So that's been keeping us quite busy. Also trying to finish writing a book on disability and the glory of God. It's something that's been in the works for quite a few years, um, but just finally trying to bring it down to a close, and uh, hopefully, Lord willing, that that would be coming out sometime late fall. Um, also been busy editing um, another handful of, of Lifeline mini books for Shepherd Press. Yeah, that's that's kind of a summary of all that's going on in addition to just normal life. Yeah, you, you have quite a bit going on. I, I appreciate the time that you, you're giving me today to, to talk. So. And yeah, you're, you're welcome. You have have a wonderful mm-hmm. you have a wonderful new book uh that that's out today right yeah it just released officially uh yesterday and today is uh, the day that it's kind of getting email blasted all over the place that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the book is a, a small book for the hurting heart, Meditations on Lost Grief and Healing. Can you tell us why you wrote this book and how you hope it'll be received? Yeah, I've written this book really um, on and off over quite a few years as I have thought about the issue of how to apply the comforting truth of Scripture to any form of loss. And there's just so many you know, kinds of loss that we experience. Of course, we, we'd immediately think of death as being a form of loss, and that is a very significant way that we do experience grief, whether it's the loss of a spouse or a parent or a child or uh, a sibling, another loved one. But there's also so many other kinds of loss, like loss of relationships through conflict and betrayal and estrangement and divorce. There's there's loss of financial security for a variety of reasons. There's loss of health and personal dreams. And so what I've tried to do is just kind of look at the the scriptures and draw from them comforting truths about God and his character and his faithfulness to us. It's just it's been really quite a blessing for me personally to kind of collect all of these <clears throat> meditations, some of them written in the last couple of years, some of them written, you know, quite a few years ago, but kind of putting them all together into a collection that hopefully the Lord will use to minister to his people. I'm, I, I would love 
love to know that that the Word of God is being uh, ministered to the hearts of people through these devotionals. You know, the Word of God is sufficient. It's sufficient to renew our minds. It's sufficient to be a healing balm to our hurting hearts. And uh, I believe, based upon Scripture, that it is the chief tool that the Holy Spirit uses. He, He speaks the voice of God through the Scriptures into our lives. So I want people to experience that. And I also want them to to see Jesus as the man of sorrows who who is really well acquainted with every kind of grief and sorrow that they might experience. That's uh, that's really good. I, I think that is definitely communicated throughout the book as, as I read it. So I, I really appreciate that, brother. How does how does the nearness of God help Christians to process hurt and grief? Well, I think that, you know, when loss comes into our lives, we, we do have the t- natural tendency to think that we are alone. We tend to turn inward, try and find, you know, the resources and the strength that we uh, might find within ourselves. And, and there's a fog that kind of accompanies loss. There's a fog of disillusionment. And, and so we can we can feel as though we are alone. And uh, to know from Scripture that God is close by, that he is near to the brokenhearted, as it says in Psalm uh, 34, that um, God draws near to us in our times of sorrow. And that word near is really a precious word. It, it refers to the next of kin who takes upon himself the needs of another family member. And uh, it's such a comforting word picture that, that God is near. He draws near to us in our times of loss, when our heart is broken, when our spirit is crushed. The Lord promises us in his word, you know, through Jesus, that I will never leave you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When I was meditating on that psalm uh, sometime in the last few years, the connection between that and Hebrews chapter 2 became just so precious to me, where, where it refers to us being believers being the siblings of Jesus Christ, the the brothers and sisters of Christ. And so in our times of sorrow and grief, God draws near to us. And the reason he can draw near to us is because of Christ, because that Christ has taken our sins away. He has made it possible for us to enter into the throne room of God. So I love to think about the fact that we can draw near to God because he has drawn near to us through Christ. Yeah, that, that's really good. You're, you were just touching on Hebrews 2 and, and Hebrews 2, uh, 2, 17 through 18 and Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 are probably two of my, if you if you have to have a favorite passage just in the in the scripture, I mean, all of it is, as you said, sufficient, inspired, inerrant, um, and, and clear and authoritative. But uh, th- those two passages to me are, are have meant a lot to me. And uh, you, you were kind of touching on them. So how does the high priestly ministry of Jesus help us to address hurt in our lives? Well, just to know that Jesus is the man of sorrows, as the scripture calls him. He has endured uh, all kinds of suffering and temptation, as uh, Hebrews Hebrews 4 says, that he is truly a sympathetic and empathetic high priest. And that's why, you know, you you already mentioned Hebrews 4.15, and and I just don't think we can talk about that enough, know that we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. You know, we are weak, and never is it more obvious to us when there are losses that we experience in times of grief, and we realize that how desperately we need the Lord, and we need his strength, and uh, to know that Jesus is our understanding.
understanding priest. He he has endured suffering and loss. He understands how we feel. Um, he understands our needs, and he says, "Draw near to me. Uh, draw near to me, and and I will draw near to you." And and that's that's such a great comfort to us. Yeah, I that's really good. I I remember when I was studying Hebrews probably back in 2014, and uh, my due to a number of situations, my we found out that my dad had uh, frontal temporal dementia, and that was like that was really challenging. But what steadied me through that was studying Hebrews, um, understanding how Jesus is better, and and this idea of the high priestly ministry of Jesus is just all over the book of Hebrews, and and really getting a hold of that, just just that he cares, he's he's yeah. near, he yeah. he understands, um, he but he's unlike us, you know, he's he's sinless, you know, we're right. we're right. we're not we're not sinless, and so we can. Well, in your testimony there, you know, it's just really what we're talking about today is that you know, you went to the Word and the Word ministered to you, God, the Holy Spirit ministered to your heart and mind through the Word by exalting Christ, and and that's why another reason why I've written this book is is I want to help believers to get into the Word and feed on it themselves and just see how the Holy Spirit so beautifully takes His Word and ministers it to our needs, to our hearts, to our minds, it draws us close to the Lord. Amen, brother. What are some of the best ways to rightly address hurt in our lives? Well, um, we need to definitely learn to run to the Lord. I like to say it this way. We need to hide in God, not from God. Um, you know, when we experience hurt, we, we tend to turn inward, like I said already. But just to be reminded that God wants us to run to Him. He wants us to hide in Him. He refers to Himself as a refuge, as a hiding place. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 46, 1, where it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And that, that imagery of God as our refuge, you know, means that he is one to whom we can run. He is a safe place. He's the one to whom we can freely express our fears about what is going on uh, in the present or in the future. And he is our strength. He, he is the one who will strengthen us if we will humble ourselves and admit that we are weak. You know, that's part of it. Part of the process is that we need to embrace our weakness as really the first step to receiving the power of uh, the grace of Christ, as, as Paul testified in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So to run to the Lord, to hide in Him, to feed on His Word, to make ourselves somewhat vulnerable to one another in the body of Christ so that God can also minister to us through other people. Because 2 Corinthians 1 says that the God of all comfort comforts us in our times of affliction so that we will be able to comfort other people. And so just to to run to the Lord, to know that we can honestly express our grief to Him. I like to pray some of the Psalms, especially the Lament Psalms, back to the Lord, like Psalm 56 or uh, something like that, to know that the Lord wants us to honestly come to Him in prayer and share our thoughts and fears and hurts and let Him minister to us. Yeah, that, that that's really good. And, you know, another thing, I think we talked about this last time, the, the role of your spouse. And one thing for me is that, that my wife does so well for me is she not only listens, but she she provides great encouragement. And that, and that's yeah. that's a blessing to me. Like we had, a, we both had our, we had to put down our cat last month, 20 years old. Oh and, my. 
And and I had said when we were in the, the, the pet hospital, I said, this just doesn't feel right. You know, I just, I think a lot of that was, I just didn't want to let go of the cat. And, but she was hurting so bad. And I could tell when the doctor was looking at the cat and, and inspecting it, she, she was looking at a specific area and I could tell the way that she was looking and the way at the cat, the way she was. And she looked over at me and she said, you know, if we did treatment, it, the cat would probably live a little while longer, but not very long. And yeah. so it really, it really wouldn't be worth it. And that was, that was really hard. But in that moment, I was able to, to let go of, of the cat. We were, we were both kind of able, my wife had already let go. I was still holding on very, very tightly. Love that yeah. cat. But I was able to, to let it go. And, you know, we, we shed many tears that we've, we've let the cat go now. It's, it's been over a month, but it's, um, we, we love that cat. And it's hard when you, when you hurt, you know, when, when things hurt, whether you lose a pet or you lose a loved one, you know, we both have my, both my wife and I have lost loved ones. It, it hurts. And, and that's when you need to, we need before that daily to be preparing yourself, um, in the word. And I do is what you said. Um, I've just found that so so helpful and even during it to, to be able to to not become despondent and so down it, it just helps you to keep a little bit more level i mean i'm not saying yeah, you don't yeah. not deal with it but it helps you to deal with it yeah this past sunday night i, I taught a seminar on grief uh here at our church and as, that's exactly one of the things i said to the congregation as i said you know maybe you are not going through something really really painful right now but you surely will at some point in the future so my my hope is that this little book will not only be used by people who are hurting right now. Obviously, I would love I would love that, but also for believers who just want to draw near to the Lord, grow in their relationship with Him, and and learn how to better speak the truth into each other's lives during these times of loss to to prepare for uh, the kinds of suffering that the Lord has in store for us in the future as we get to know Him better now. Now, our response to those times of loss is going to be more faithful if we are prepared. Yeah, that, that's really good. What, what are some of the best tools to have in our toolkit when we as ministry leaders or lay people, we go to the hospital to visit family members or even fellow church members? Well, I would say first, bring listening ears along. You know, be someone who, who genuinely listens to other people, what they're going through. Be patient with them. Be compassionate. Ask the Lord to give you true empathy. You know, as Romans 12 uh, exhorts us to, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. And, and I don't think that necessarily comes naturally uh, to us, but it is, I believe, something that the Holy Spirit wants to develop in our lives. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. You know, And I think that for us to be patient with others who are going through really difficult time, I think we should have comforting scripture about God's loving care and faithfulness to walk through valleys of sorrow with us. But but it's so much better received by others when it's coming from uh, a heart that is filled with compassion, that, that you really do want to listen and be there for them to be a comforting presence. You might want to share a song or two that, that has been helpful to you in walking through some of the valleys uh, that, that you've walked through. I would also say, you know, just be always growing um, as a minister of grace. You know, 
every one of us as believers is supposed to be involved in the ministry. You know, I just firmly believe in Ephesians 4 as the philosophy of ministry that uh, our churches need. It's not, it's not that the leaders, it's not that the paid staff are the ones to do uh, all the ministry. It is their job to bless the congregation, to equip the congregation, to do the work of the ministry. And so I would say always be growing. I'm going to read books on lament. There's some really good ones out there just in recent years. Um, read a book or two on how to comfort others. I, I've been reading lately Nancy Guthrie's book, What Grieving People Wish You Knew About What Really Helps and What Really Hurts. And it's just filled with so many testimonies about what really is helpful to people in their times of sorrow. So those are just a few of the things that I would encourage people to do. That's uh, that's that's really good. And 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 I think you mentioned this. Just just pray if if you go to the hospital, just just pray as Paul said for a heart of care and, and empathy and and really service. You know, you're there to to serve somebody. So take that posture of of a servant. You know, don't make yes. it about don't make it yes. about yourself or talk about your own problems. Uh, Say that for another time. Just just really yeah. focus on caring for that person, especially if you go into like an assisted living facility. Really, just just even more so. Take that take that posture and, and really. Um, yeah, one of the things I, I love to do is in is in the sharing of a comforting scripture with someone. Then that is actually then what I will pray through for that person, and and I do that because it's a way to internalize the scripture um, to really meditate. On it. And I think it also gives that person who's laying in hospital bed or, or you know, is just spending another day in the assisted living home um, a, a way for them to talk to God. Because sometimes we don't always know how to pray. And so I find myself, you know, praying the scriptures back to God as being really nourishing to my soul. Yeah, that's really good. I, I do the same. And it does it does nourish our souls. How do, how do we grieve with hope when our heart hurts so bad it feels like it's going to explode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's hard sometimes to grieve with hope. Like you said, because because the hurt is so is so deep, and yet you know the scriptures, of course, do encourage us and exhort us to grieve because that's part of living in a fallen world. But to grieve as those who have hope, and, and I think that's there are some simple ways that that I have found uh, that are really helpful. Uh, like I've already mentioned, singing, you know, singing to the Lord uh, with others. I think you find this modeled in scripture in Psalm 57, Psalm 59, Psalm 63. You find the psalmist who is in the middle of a trial, some kind of challenge, some kind of suffering, and and he determines in his heart, I will sing. And you see that throughout the psalm, I will sing, I will sing. And and what that is, is that's a determination to, to grieve with hope, to walk through this valley of sorrow, but to do so with hope in the Lord, uh, in, his, in his promises, in his word. I think it's also really, really important for us to look to the future, to remember the rest of the story, you know, to go to to Revelation 21. You know, I just, I find myself more and more going to the end of the story, you know, going to the end of the Bible and reading what it's going to be like when we are actually in the very presence of God and God is dwelling with us and we are dwelling with him and and he wipes away every tear and and the, the former things it says will be no more. And, and I think that's how we grieve with hope because 
as believers, there's really never a time that our lives are 100% joy with no sorrow or 100% sorrow with no joy. It's always a mixture of sorrow and joy together. And so the Holy Spirit is training us how to grieve honestly, but to grieve with hope in Christ and all that he has promised us. That's uh, that's that's really, really, really good. It just it just reminds me of, of what we've been talking about. You know, you want to be able to grieve with hope. You got to get in the scriptures. You want to be able to grieve with hope and, and be able to process things. Get in the locals, get under, get in a Bible believing church and, and do life with other people. They can, they can yes. walk alongside of you and remind you of these things and, and pray with you and encourage you and encourage you to get in the word like we're doing and, and in prayer. That's just, that's just so vital. Cause I know that I know for myself, I've, I've gone through a, a, my fair share of pretty deep hurt. These things have, these things have helped me a lot. Just doing what we're doing. It sounds so basic. It sounds so mundane, but it, it's really the most basic things that are really the most profound things. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, I think that getting to the point in our lives when we, we truly realize in a functional way that we, that we cannot live on bread alone, but our soul needs every word that comes from the mouth of God, as Jesus said. So I, I, I hope so much that as people read through these devotions that they're drawn further and further back into the word, deeper into the word, to feed on the bread of the word, because that's how the Holy Spirit ministers to us. Amen, brother. Where can people uh, find you on uh, social media or otherwise? Uh, well, basically, um, the connection hub for me is my blog site, counselingoneanother.com. And from there, then they can go to our church website and listen to sermons and connect in, in other ways. So the blog site, counselingoneanother.com, is where I've been kind of gathering everything for the last decade or so. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. You have, a, you have a wonderful website full of great resources. I would just encourage our listeners to, to check it out. Uh, well, Paul, there's a lot that we haven't covered in the course of our conversation. And just as we wrap up, do you have any uh, takeaways for our listeners? Uh, yeah, I would say I have a handful of things to say. And some of this will be repetitive of, of what we've already talked about. But let me just kind of try to wrap it all up into a, a neat little summary. Uh, I would say, you know, take time to grieve, but, but try to avoid getting stuck. You know, we do need to take time to grieve. Um, loss uh, sometimes is sudden, but sometimes it's gradual. And, and so the same is true of grief. And, and I would say people kind of tend to think that there's a certain timeline for their grief. And, and I would say there are no two timelines that are the same because uh, loss, though it's common to all of us, loss is also unique. And so it's not, it's not how quickly you heal from loss that's important. What's important is that you are learning to discipline yourself to draw near to the Lord uh, through the Word, through prayer, through fellowship with God's people. Um, stay in the Word. Stay in fellowship with God's people. You know, grief has a way of tempting us to isolate ourselves uh, from others. We 
we tend to turn inward and uh, and want to be alone. And some of that's really good and helpful and necessary. But I think we all know when when it's gone too far, when we have uh, spent too much time alone. So just remember that God has given us the local church, the people of God, uh, as part of the whole you know healing process through through times of grief and times of sorrow. And then I would say to just be saying, Lord, as as you comfort me in this time of sorrow, help me then to become, in your timing, a conduit of comfort to others. Because Second Corinthians 1, which I already mentioned earlier, you know, is so foundational to my understanding of grief and God's comfort and, and how the comfort of God comes to us. That, that God is the Father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. So every morning we, we, we wake up to a, a new fresh supply of mercies. That's Lamentations 3. He is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our affliction. But it doesn't stop there. Paul says he comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So to understand that God's comfort comes to us to meet us in our time of need, but never to stop there, but then to pass through us hmm. to someone else in our life who needs the comfort of God. So those would be just some foundational thoughts to to consider as you go through your time of loss. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really well said, brother. Uh, I, I just so appreciate the, the time that you've given to me and your your heart for, for Christ, for the Word, uh, for His people. I just really appreciate that about it, brother. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you and your ministry, and uh, may the Lord just continue to lead and bless you. Thank you. You too, brother. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.